Hello everybody, I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Allen. I trust you and your household are doing well. We are actually in the subject of the blood covenant and this is lesson number 37 in the blood covenant. And uh, um, we started by talking about, uh, you know, the whole concept of blood covenants. Then we talked about the old covenant. Then we transitioned into the new covenant. And now we are talking about the blessings of the new covenant. And yesterday we started on, uh, I started talking about, uh, uh, about how Jesus Christ is our victory, which corresponds to uh, the Old Testament um, Yahweh Nisi, which means where, where the Lord said, I'm your banner, I'm your banner of victory. So we are talking about how Jesus Christ has become our victory, how Jesus Christ is our victory over all things. And uh, anyway, so let us, um, let us go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Now, again, I'm reading from the Amplified Version to explain these verses, um, um, uh, you know, um, to you, because uh, in, in the King James, uh, it, it comes through in a way that can be misunderstood. And this is a very misunderstood verse, because in the King James, it says, uh, who in Christ always causes us to triumph. And so people think that it is about me triumphing in Christ, which is true. Jesus, of course, through Jesus, we always triumph and win the victory. But this verse is something uh, is something more than that. And I want you to get that. You're going to enjoy this. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. And through us spreads and makes evidence the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. No. So uh, the, the way people understand this verse, they think, you know, God always causes us to triumph in Christ, which is true. As I said, nothing wrong with that. But this verse isn't talking about that. It's talking about something else. It says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. Actually, in the Swedish Bible, it also, what it says in the Swedish Bible is even more uh, illustrative and clearer. It says, but thanks be to God who, um, how do you say, uh, that means that he leads us as prisoners in his triumphal procession. And through us spreads and makes evidence the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Now, to understand this, I want to share with you the historical context of this. Because, you see, in the old days, you had Caesar, who was the king. And when the, his generals used to go out to war, and they used to bring home prisoners. So when they, And those prisoners were actually, they became slaves. They were slaves. And they used to become slaves. So what, what the general would do when he would come back to Rome and there was always a parade. Those Romans, they loved those parades. So there was a big parade uh, with Caesar and all the senators and, you know, all the big shots of Rome seated on the stands. And then the general and his army used to march past Caesar to salute him. 
and then uh, of course the caesar would then reward him and reward his officers and you know it went both ways they used to honor caesar and then caesar would reward them and give them awards but the highlight of this parade was always the prisoners because what would happen was that uh, uh, when caesar and his officers and his men would march past uh, the uh, you know the 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 pot i'm sorry when the general not caesar when the general and is or the victorious general or the victorious generals and their his officers and his men would march past the the saluting dais or the 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 podium where caesar and his you know his people would be seated uh, in the parade were also these prisoners and these prisoners were uh, in chains and they were led by the general and the officers so that people could see the trophies of the victory of that these generals had won so the number of the bigger the number of prisoners the greater the victory that this general had won so uh, that used to be called the triumphal procession that parade because it it fully displayed the victory that this general had won over his enemies and how he had taken captives and prisoners who served his enemies and now they are going to be slaves under him and so as they would march by the high point of the parade was always these prisoners and they were led past caesar past the saluting dais and and it says that they were the uh, how do you say um, these prisoners who were led past you know past the saluting podium were evidence of the victory and the great victory that these generals had won so what he's saying here he says but thanks be to god who in christ leads us in triumphal as in triumphal procession as trophies of christ's victory which is even greater than god's god causing us to triumph in christ as many people have misunderstand understood this verse what it means is that as jesus is marching past with his army uh, uh, in front of god the father and we are his prisoners who have been uh, who he has conquered from his enemies and we are evidence and trophies of the victory of jesus christ over his enemies hallelujah so we are not the soldiers marching past in triumph but you and i we are the prisoners so in other words we are prisoners that jesus has brought in to the father and he has delivered us once we were enemies of god we were enemies of christ we were ignorant of course but we were fighting on the wrong side we were enemies of god but jesus defeated the devil and he conquered us and he made us his prisoners so we are prisoners of christ and we march in that triumphal procession as his prisoners as trophies as testimonies of the victory that he has won over sin and the devil and over death and then it says and through us 
He spreads and makes evidence of the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. That means that through us, he spreads forth the fragrance, the sweet smell and the knowledge of what Jesus can do in people's lives. So in other words, I am, I mean, you and I, I am a prisoner of Christ who Jesus has conquered from the devil. And now I am his slave and I am the testimony of what Jesus is able to do in people's lives. The fact that Jesus Christ has defeated the devil, that Jesus Christ has conquered sin and he has conquered disease and all the works of Satan. You and I are the greatest testimonies of the victory that Jesus Christ has won over the devil. And wherever we go, that the fact that we are prisoners of Christ, that we have been delivered, we have been conquered from another kingdom and we have now become citizens in kingdom and in this kingdom and not only citizens, but we have become heirs and we have joined, we have become joint heirs in Christ. But at the same time, we have become sons, but at the same time as we are sons, we are also slaves of Jesus Christ. So we are the greatest testimony and the greatest sweet smelling fragrance of the victory that he has won. And then it says that through us, he spreads that fragrance of Christ everywhere. So, you know, it, it means for me, it would mean that in my life, like when I stand in Africa and I preach the gospel, it is not just the preaching, the message that I preach, but it is the fact that I stand there before the people is the greatest evidence to those people that Jesus Christ is alive because they are looking at a man who once was in darkness, who was in the who was in the who was under and, and whose whose allegiance was to Satan, but who has been delivered and conquered by Jesus. So Jesus has won the victory. And thank God he has conquered me. He has delivered me. He took me as a prisoner and he made me his own in his own household. And I march in the triumphal procession, not as a conqueror, but as one who has been won and conquered by Jesus. And I am the greatest evidence and living proof to the people that here is a person, here is what Jesus can do with a man who he has conquered out of darkness. Hallelujah. So I am a prisoner of Christ. You know, there are certain things we are. We are fools for Christ. We are prisoners of Christ. Hallelujah. So I hope, I hope you were blessed by this, but that's what it means. It says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always, always leads us in triumphal procession as trophies of Christ's victory. I, we are, I'll, I'll never forget that. Many, many years ago, a lady looked at me. This was a godly woman. She says, Brother Christopher, you are a trophy. I said, oh, what? She said, you came out of Islam. You are a trophy of the victory that Jesus Christ has won. And I thought of myself, nobody had ever said that to me before. I said, yes, I am trophy. I am any, anyone who looks at me. I am proof of the victory that Jesus has won. 
Hallelujah. So you, my friend, are a trophy. You are a, a proof and evidence of the fact that Jesus has won the battle. He has defeated Satan once and for all. We are trophies because he has snatched us out of darkness. So it says that, uh, it says, for we, the next verse, Okay, I'm going to read this verse again. I get so blessed every time I read it. It says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ which inhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. That means that wherever we go, we carry in us, with us the sweet fragrance of Christ. Hallelujah. And people who smell that fragrance, those who are believers, those who are unbelievers, they can smell that fragrance. You know, we are God's perfume. Just think of it. Wherever we go, people smell us and they say, you know, I smell Jesus. I smell Jesus. That's the greatest thing that people can say about you and me, that wherever you and I go, people can smell the fragrance of Christ in us, both sinners and those who are perishing, uh, uh, both sinners who are perishing and those who are saved, both Christians and non-Christians, both the saved and the unsaved. We to them, we should be the fragrance of Christ. And we are the fragrance of Christ because Jesus has won the victory. So there's, there's several things here. Firstly, that Jesus Christ has won the victory and we are his trophies. We are the greatest evidence of the fact that Jesus has won the victory and he has defeated the devil. The second thing is that as we walk in Christ, as we walk with Jesus, as we, we live in Christ and his his person and his being permeates my being. So I come into union with him and I become more and more like him. One of the evidence will be we become like the perfume of Christ. People smell Jesus when they smell you, when they smell me. Whether they're sinners or they're saints, they smell Jesus in us. And that is why people can look at you and just by being around you, they can know that you are a righteous person. You are a man and a woman of God. And that is what our walk should be. It is also an evidence of our walk with Jesus that we are the fragrance of Christ. We are those who have been delivered out of darkness. And now we are no longer living in darkness. And I want to challenge you. Are you a fragrance of Christ? Do you smell like Jesus? When Christians get around you, do when non-Christians get around you, do, do you smell like Jesus? That is, that is very, very important. And that is one thing we should really, really call out to God for in our lives. I want people to see Jesus Christ in my lives, in my life, both Christians and non-Christians. I want them to see Christ in me, not my ministry, but Christ and his presence in me because Jesus has won me and I am his prisoner. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. And then it says, the next scripture I want to show you is 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. So 
we are born of God. You know, the new birth in Christ Jesus, we are born of God. Like I was born of my mother and, you know, my father and my mother, they brought me into this world. So in the same way, we are born of God. The new birth, when we give our life to Jesus and we decide to follow him, that is a miracle. The new birth is a miracle. It's a total miracle because it's not just a question of you and I changing our allegiance. Okay, I'm no longer this. I'm a Christian now. I'm not going to follow this. I'm going to follow Jesus. No, it's actually a new birth. It's a miracle that takes place in the inner man. And, you know, in America, they say about some people, oh, he got religion. And I think all of us have to ask ourselves, stop and ask ourselves, am I just religion or do I have the new birth? Because if there's a new birth, there's a change, there's a conversion inside. If it is just uh, a question of... Uh, um, uh, you know, a question of getting religion. It's just change in behavior, but there's no change in the heart. And so the change in the heart, it says that when there's a change in the heart, that's when we are born of God. And when we are born of God, we are victorious over this world. We are victorious <coughs> over everything that is in this world and uh, uh, whatever circumstances there are in this world, no matter what happens in this world, we are victorious because of Jesus. So it says that we are born of God, we are victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. So um, that victory comes to us as we walk in faith. The Bible says the judge shall walk in faith. So faith is the key to the victory. You can write that down. Faith is the key to victory. We all have the victory through Jesus, but we can never walk or enjoy the victory or enjoy the fruits of that victory unless we walk in faith. Because you see, we can walk in faith or we can walk in unbelief. And some people are always swayed by their circumstances. And that's what unbelief is. Unbelief is when a person uh, his circumstances are bigger than his God. So he looks at his circumstances and he's swayed by them. But in, a fa in faith, a person of faith is only moved by the word of God. Doesn't matter what hap happens around him. He is only moved by the word of God. He's only swayed by the word of God. And so it says that this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Faith is the victory. Faith wins victory over the world, no matter what it is the world throws at you, your faith will always win. Your faith will always overcome. Amen. Anyway, so we are talking about Jesus Christ as vic our victory. Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18. So he says, uh, this is how he kind of ends his uh, treatise here in Ephesians 6. Uh, chapter uh, verses 10 to 18. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him. Again, I'm reading from the King James to elaborate and explain the scriptures to you more properly. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provide. So it's a, firstly, it says, be strong in the Lord. Be, how can you be strong in the Lord? Well, be strong in the Lord. There's a difference between being strong in yourself and being strong in the Lord. Because being strong in the Lord is that you develop your own psyche or you develop your own uh, uh, physical strength. So that way you're strong in yourself. You know, you're, you've got a very strong mind. You've got some people say, oh, I have a lot of willpower, you know, willpower. 
and uh, some for some people that is their strength they have willpower they have determination but that's human that's it's good but it's human and it will only take you so far so uh, and some people have physical strength physically they can do anything they can move things you know so that is good but it it is limited so that's being strong in yourself but it says be strong in the lord and to be strong in the lord means to be empowered through your union with him that means that because you are one with the lord you are united with the lord you are one spirit with the lord you draw strength from him so that his strength is your strength his power is your power so that you are not flowing in your own ability or in your own power but you are flowing in the ability and the power of god so that's what it means to be strong in the lord that means to be empowered through your union with him and then it says draw your strength from him and in his might be drawn that means the strength which is boundless might provide draw your strength from him because god's strength is boundless limitless and he gives us his strength he gives strength to the weary the bible says so and we can draw strength from him and uh, and uh, there's many ways of doing that one way you draw strength is meditating in the word another way you draw strength is by praying in other tongues you know and praying in the spirit is a powerful way of drawing strength so anyway these are there different ways you draw strength from god then it says verse 11 put on god's whole armor you know it says put on in the king james it says put on the whole armor of god so he says put on the whole armor that means don't put on part of the armor but put on the whole armor then says the which means the armor of a heavily armed soldier which god supplies so there were soldiers who were there was heavy infantry heavy in, in the roman army there was heavy infantry there was light infantry light infantry were lightly armed so they could move uh, fast and move uh, you know behind the enemy lines undetected without carrying much equipment and uh, their whole strength was in their uh, ease of movement that's why they were lightly armed they carried light armor they can move fast and because they weren't carrying much but heavy infantry was like face to face infantry and they were heavily armed and and they carried a lot of weight so he says put on god's whole armor the armor of a heavy armed soldier with god supplies that you may be able uh, to successfully stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil that means that if you are heavily armed um uh, you know then you can successfully not just stand but successfully stand against all the strategies and deceits of the devil then it says first verse 12 for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood contending with physical op- opponents we are not fighting physical opponents but against despotisms against the powers against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly sphere so it means so we are contending not against uh, physical opponents but we are we are contending against spirits and talks about master spirits and world rulers that means those those major demonic powers those are the ones who are who we are contending against but now i want you to keep one you see 
you got, got to understand one thing and remember this, and I'm using this context to teach you this, that you must always interpret scripture with scripture, okay? That means that when you read something in the scripture, uh, don't just take that and build a doctrine on it, but also look at the other scriptures in the Bible that talk about the same thing and put all the scriptures together and then you build your belief on it. That's very important. That means let scripture interpret scripture. So when you interpret a scripture and you uh, interpret the scripture anyway, in any way that goes against uh, something that another scripture teaches, well, then you're wrong. Your interpretation is wrong because scripture should always say the same thing as scripture. All scripture should say the same thing. That's the first thing because in the word of God and God doesn't contradict himself. So, and, and the second thing, uh, first thing you got to make sure that you don't have any scriptures that, contra that contradict what you think this verse means. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that you got to Take this scripture and those other scriptures and put them together. And then you get a big, better, bigger sense of the broader sense of what the scripture says. So when it says that we are contending against uh, the spirits and the rulers of, of darkness, some people think, oh, we got to go to war against the devil now. You know, so they have songs like we are going up to the high places to tear the devil's kingdom down. That was a very popular song. And going to the high places, we're going to fight the devil and all that spiritual warfare where you go and scream and shout and try to defeat the devil. But forgetting the fact that Jesus has already defeated the devil. So you've got to remember that. So uh, it is not a question of we are armed and we are going to defeat the devil. No, no. We are going against an enemy who has already been defeated because you cannot forget the fact that Jesus Christ has already defeated the devil. That's what I mean. You bring the scriptures together. So, so what it says here is that we have to resist the devil and we are in a war. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers. Yes. So there is a struggle. So we are in the struggle, but we are in a struggle against the enemy who has already been once and for all and decisively be, has been defeated. So one thing you don't have to do is to go and fight and defeat this enemy since he's already defeated. What we have to do is to enforce the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ over this devil because over these devils because that, that is a totally different thing to go and actually defeat them or to enforce the victory that Jesus has already won. That is something totally different. So we have to keep that in mind. Keep the bigger picture in mind when we interpret the scripture. So anyway, verse 13, therefore put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all to stand firmly. Stand therefore, having tightened the belt of truth along your loins. You know, the truth, the belt of truth. And then you put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. So all these elements, uh, the righteousness is a, is a, is a, let's, instead of looking at the breastplate of righteousness, just look at it. Integrity and righteousness are your breastplate. Okay. And truth is your belt. And having shod your feet in preparation 
uh, with, to face the enemy with the firm footed stability, the promptness and readiness of the gospel of, pre of peace. That means you are always ready to preach the gospel. That readiness to preach the gospel, that is what, that is like shoes for our feet. And then lift up above all, that means above all, the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked. And then yeah, the shield of faith. Faith is a shield for you. Faith actually protects you from whatever the devil throws at you. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then wear salvation as your helmet. Wear salvation as your helmet. And and carry the word of God as your sword. The word of God. As, so instead of sword of the spirit. Say the word of God is my sword. Salvation is my helmet. That makes more sense. So you, you, you put on all these different elements of the armor. And then once you have put on that armor. You pray at all times. It says verse 18. You put on the helmet. And you, you, you know your sword and shield. You've got all the different elements of the armor. Then it says you pray at all times. On every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, in all manner of prayer and entreaty. Again, once again, comes out just praying tongues, praying the spirit. And to that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of the saints, God's consecrated people. Anyway, Jesus has won the victory and we are called to walk in the victory. We are prisoners in his triumphal procession and through us, he's spreads the fragrance of his victory everywhere. And we put on the armor of God. We put on salvation. We carry the word of God and we are ready to preach the gospel and we have faith. And then we pray in the spirit at all times, pray in other tongues. And as we do these things, we will see that the victory that Jesus has won over the devil is truly ours, not just by faith, but by experience. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless my brothers and sisters. Let your hand of mercy upon them. Use them mightily for your glory, Father. Ye Father, I ask you to bless them, meet every need they have in Jesus' name. Well, my friends, I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. And the Lord bless you. If you have any feedback, please write to me either on YouTube or Facebook. It would be, it's always great to hear. Um, uh, what God is doing in people's lives through these teachings, how these teachings are touching people. So please do feel free to write to me and God bless you.